Shavua Tov Navrach and Shalom Aleichem. This is Rabbi Kovacs. And Mishnah Yomi is in the last two Mishnayot, the last day of Rosh Hashanah, even though it's the 10th of Elul right now. So the last day of Rosh Hashanah is really in 20 more days from now. But we are holding in chapter 4, Mishnah Ches, Mishnah 8. Shofar, Shol Rosh Hashanah. The shofar we use for the mitzvah. Ein ma'avirin alav et tchum. We cannot make it go beyond the tchum. The Tchum Shabbos that we talked about in detail in Erevin and mentioned recently in Beitza. So someone can't go outside of his Tchum Shabbos to go hear a, Russia, a, a shofar or obtain a shofar. And we do not remove rubble. If there was a house with a shofar in it, you need a shofar, and the house never collapsed, you can't dig it up. Now, of course, if there was a person under the rubble, we would certainly dig it up for pikuach nefesh. If you happen to find the shofar, fine, but we don't dig up rubble and clear out debris just for a shofar. Uh, we do not go up a tree if there's a shofar up a tree. Now, as an aside, these should all sound very familiar from Mishnah Beitza, Beitza chapter 5, Mishnah Bet, Kosh Kavina Lav Mishum Shvut. Talked about Shvut, the rabbinical prohibitions of Shabbos and Yantav, such as climbing a tree because you might break off a branch. So this is a bit of a review. We don't do these things even to, to, to perform the mitzvah of shofar. So Mishnah continues, We do not ride on an animal. For instance, if there's someone who's elderly or weak and he needs to ride a donkey to get to where they're blowing the shofar, we don't do that. He'll miss out, but we don't uh, We don't break Yantav or Shabbos for this. We do not swim across the river to get the shofar. We do not cut a shofar. So say there was a shofar that had a partial blockage. And as we learned earlier in this chapter, if you could cut some of the shofar and leave a kosher shofar remaining, that would still be kosher for the mitzvah. So we don't cut it even with something that's for shvut, that's rabbinically prohibited, such as a knife, or something that's a lotase, that's a deraisa, scriptural, biblical prohibition, such as a saw, which is normally used to cut a shofar. It's a shofar saw. But if your shofar is a little bit dry and you want to, you know, shofar is a bit like a flask. So you could fill it up with water or with wine to moisten the shofar, make it sound a little better. You can do this. This is not what we call tikkun mame, or repairing a clay, repairing a vessel, which we mentioned in Beitza. We don't do things that look like repairing a vessel, but this is sort of just rinsing it out, making it nice. It might also be good for the baltokeya to rinse out his throat with water or wine. That might also help, but for the shofar, we allow it. Now the Mishnah adds, You don't have to prevent these small children from blowing the shofar, even when Rosh Hashanah is on Shabbos and the adults are not blowing the shofar. If a kid just happens to pick up a shofar and start practicing, we don't stop him. Of all, but you could even, you know, occupy with them until they learn. So if the kid picks up the shofar by himself and starts blowing, you can say, you know, that's a great tekiah. It could be a little bit longer. It'd be a little louder. It'd be nice. You can give him like pointers and uh, he'll be involved with it, even though adults aren't doing this. It's Shabbos. It's Shabbos Rosh Hashanah, but we let the kids do it. So the Rav Barner explains when, we ba- when the sages in ancient times banned blowing the shofar on Shabbos Rosh Hashanah, it was only for adults performing the mitzvah. It wasn't just for children who can't motzi other people in the mitzvah, just practicing and learning. So an adult could even help them and give them tips and pointers about how to blow the shofar that was never banned.
actually had a similar situation in the first chapter of Shabbos. We mentioned you shouldn't, an adult shouldn't read his Sefer Torah with a, with a nair, with an oil lamp, because he might tilt the oil lamp to make it brighter, you know? But he could let the kids read, but or a nair, because the adult is there watching over them, so they're not going to tilt it. It's a similar concept. Now the Mishka concludes, Hamit Osek Lo Yatsav. Somebody's mit asek. So esek is like business or being busy. So he's preoccupied. He's thinking about something else. He's blowing the shofar, but his mind is elsewhere. His mind is not in the shofar. And somebody who hears someone who's preoccupied is also not, uh, not yotze the mitzvah. He hasn't done the mitzvah because the mind of the blower was not on performing the mitzvah. And we mentioned that the mitzvah requires a kavana to be blowing the shofar for the sake of a mitzvah, as we said at the end of chapter 3. Good to review those mishnayot, very exciting mishnayot there. Let's go on to the final mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, Bezrat Hashem, Seder Tekiot Shalosh. The order of tekiah blasts is three, shel, shalosh, shalosh, of three each, three sets of three. Now, in modern times, you realize we blow way more than nine blasts on the shofar. And part of that is, gonna, is we're going to see in this Mishnah that a tru'ah, the tru'ah is somewhat undefined. The tru'ah might be, you know, three medium-sized blows, you know, ah, 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 or it might be nine staccato, very fast notes on the shofar. Or it could even be, according to some opinions, both of those things. And we need a tekiah before and after each trua. And we're not exactly sure which trua is the right trua. So instead of having three sets of three, you really need three sets of three of three to account for all of the variations. And of course, the minag is we blow even more than that because we're blowing the shofar before we start Musaf on Rosh Hashanah. During Musaf on Rosh Hashanah, tekiah, gedolah, there's a lot of shofar going on, thank God. The Mishnah adds, Shir Tekiah Kishlosh Truot. The Tekiah that we're blowing before and after. The Tekiah is the long single blow that we blow before and after the Truah. The, we're going to see the wavering or staccato blasts. That's, that's the shear of three of them. So the Tekiah, depending on how long your Truah is, has to be three times the length. Shir Truah Kishlosh Yivavot. And the length of the Truah blast is three whimpers. Now the Rav says this is three of three. He says the whimper is three staccato notes, like wah, 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 you know, what the babies do sometimes, you know, uh, thank God. Um, so three sets of that. So nine short staccato notes would be the trua, according to this um, interpretation. And the Mishnah continues, If he blew the first takia in the set, you know, the set is a takia trua takia. So he blew the first takia normal. His trua was normal. Within his second tekiah, he says, you know what, I'm gonna double up this tekiah, so it'll be the last tekiah of the first set and the first tekiah of the next set. Ein biado ela achat. That only counts as one tekiah. You can't make an extra long tekiah gedola and have it uh, double up as the end of the first set and the first note of the next set. And the Mishnah says, mi shebeirach, mi shebeirach is beautiful, but mi shebeirach achar koch, he did the blessings of Musaf Amidah. He davened the Musaf prayer, but they didn't have a shofar during the Musaf to blow at the time, but then they got a shofar afterwards. You know, the early minion was finishing up with the shofar, then the late minion got the shofar next. So Tokea Umeria, Maria is the verb of Trua, Trua is the noun, and Maria is the verb, the Tokea. So he blows the normal set, Tekiah, Trua, Tekiah, Shlosh Pa'amim. 
three times. What it means is you don't have to go back and daven Musaf over again, stopping after the um, the brachot of Malchiot, Zichronot, and Shofarot to do the do the blasts during Musaf. You've already daven Musaf, you're Yotze. That, you just still need to be Yotze, the mitzvah of Shofar. Now, the final section of the Mishnah is relevant not only Rosh Hashanah, but the entire year. Kishem sheshleach tzibor chayav, just like the shleach tzibor, the chazan, or the, the guy who's davening in front of everyone out loud, he's chayav to daven in Amidah silently, and then he repeats it out loud to everybody. Kach kol yachid v'yachid chayav. So every individual is obligated to daven if they can daven. Now the reason the shleach tzibor, the chazan, repeats it out loud is for those people who don't have a siddur, or they're not so good at davening, they're not so good in their Hebrew, their Ivrit, so they need someone to have them in mind. But uh, typically, when if you had a Sidor, you were you knew the davening, then you have to daven it for yourself also. Rabbi Gamliel Omer, Shleach Tzibur, Motzi at the Rabbi Dechavatan. Rabbi Gamliel says, even if somebody who knows how to daven, and even during the rest of the year, even a normal weekday Shimon Esrei, which most people are, you know, pretty familiar with, so they could still rely on the Chazan, who's saying it out loud, to be Yotze, their obligation to pray. And certainly Rosh Hashanah, when, you know, it used to be Sfarian books were very expensive, not everyone had a machsor, very few going around. So a Shleach Tzibur, a Chazan, who knew the davening by heart, could say it out loud, and the other people would be Yotze by paying attention, listening, saying Amen during his davening. It's a very fitting conclusion to Rosh Hashanah that we rely on one another all year to pray, but especially Rosh Hashanah, we, we rely on the merits of the community by ourselves. If we were judged individually, God forbid, we'd be in big trouble. But as part of a community, we make ourselves part of a community. We rely on them. They rely on us. We support each other. We have much more success in tshuva and repentance. Now, tomorrow we start a tainus. Tainus is fasting. We're going to talk about when rain doesn't come and what we do then. Yeshar kochachem, shvatov, be well.